DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by Luke Robitaille, LA Kings team president, and he's on the Smart Rain guest line. Best State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit smartrain.net to schedule a demo today. Luke joining us with the Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights getting ready to play an exhibition game Thursday night. TNT's going to televise the thing. TNT getting in on the hockey. Luke joins us now. Luke, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Bring How in are the, you today? Doing well. You're bringing the NHL to Utah. And uh, although we never met, I understand you have spent a considerable amount of time in Utah and have ties to the Utah area. He owns property, doesn't he? And, yeah, and can speak to Utah yeah. a little more than the average NHL person. Yeah, I know the area pretty well. The Heber Valley, you know, the whole area there. And been there for many years, so love it there. So Wasatch or Ledges or Promontory, where do you play? Uh, Well, I played them all. (laughs) I played them all. (laughs) Not well. And I visited, like, all the sides, side to side. (laughs) <laughs> so I got to share a little funny story with you. I was I used to work for the South Bay Daily Breeze based out of Torrance in the nineties, and yeah. uh, and we played uh, I played softball and the Kings had a team. Jim Fox was on the team and we always used to like to beat them over there at Wilson Park in Torrance. But uh, so I worked in the sports department and I think it was the year that you guys went to the uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. Was that ninety three? So we had our yeah, hockey. 93. Yeah, our hockey guy wrote a big feature on you, and we had the headline. And the the headline, the guys on the desk wrote the headline. Luke of the draw was kind of a play on your name, but some dumb editor changed it to Luck of the draw, and it really ticked off the guy who wrote the headline and the guy who wrote the story. I'm sure you don't remember it, but that's one thing that I remember from the nineties for Luke. Robitaille. Every time I hear the phrase luck of the draw, I think of Luke Robitaille and how the editor changed that headline. So, do you think he brought in bad luck to our organization? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds like it. I don't know. I know you haven't been in the playoffs, I think, for three years. So, what, what is the level of optimism going into this season? Uh, for us, uh, you know, in, in the NHL, having a hard cap it's uh, we had a really good run in uh, you know around 2011 till about 2015-16 and then uh, we just ca- had to rebuild our team we had to uh, to just go back to the draft and so forth so we've been kind of loading up the last 2 3 years we have a number one pool of prospect coming into our organization so we're excited this is the first year that we said okay we're turning the page we're done with the rebuild so we sign a couple free agents this summer we made a trade and so our guys our veterans are excited because we're getting in some new fresh blood coming in we've had the number two overall last year drafted in quinton byfield and so we're excited this is like our time for us to turn the pages to getting back into being competitive it's not like the NBA where you could get two guys and then yeah. you co- you're competitive, and then the third guy you're pretty much sure to be in the top four or five. Right. It's a little harder. But I do think in all the salary cap leagues that there has to be a certain understanding, and baseball, you set that aside because they're not capped, but in the salary cap leagues, a certain understanding that you go for it for a while, and you guys won it all 
You yeah. hoisted the cup in 2012 and 2014, and the year in between you were in the conference final. And is it, but from the fan perspective and also inside the organization, the good times are good. Now you've only played two playoff series in seven years and you lost them both. Yeah. But it's the salary cap and there are cycles. Is it worth it or the downtime's so bad you're like, oh man, this is killing me? Or, or can you kind of no. convince yourself, hey, the uptimes are worth it and we're rebuilding, it's okay? There's nothing like winning a championship, guys. I mean, the, the fans will remember forever. They, they live with you forever, and it, it, it's amazing. Uh, I think, yeah, we, we look back now, we're like, man, we haven't done much the last six, seven years. But there was a time that we still had hope for two, three, four years. Probably the one mistake that we made that we learned along the way is uh, to, unfortunately, in this kind of cap era you, you you know fans fall in love with players because you when you win a championship they become heroes and at some point probably it's it's, it's easier for them and for the organization to say goodbye earlier to some of the guys because the, you just can't keep everybody you can't sign everybody to what the, the amount of money they deserve to be able to to stay competitive for a longer period of time and that's what makes it really hard in a in a hard cap era I know your coach so far in the preseason game McClellan has been playing a lot of youngsters. And what should the fans expect when they come to the arena to see the game against Las Vegas? Oh, I, well, tomorrow for us, we've got most of our roster. We've got a ton of guys playing. So we're, we're, we're going down today on our roster. We're, we're, we're having a few cuts. So, you know, they should expect to see our top guys. They, they're going to expect to see some of our top prospects. So, it's going to be a fun game. And, and also, funny enough, I mean, Vegas has been so competitive. They've done such a great do- job with their franchise. They're already a huge rival of ours. So those games are always super intense. So they should, they should expect a great game tomorrow. I mean, Vegas is a great, great team, great organization. So it's going to be a lot of fun for that game tomorrow. So when you go, and I don't know how often you go on the road with the team, but if you go on the road to Vegas for a Kings game, I, I mean, I grew up in San Diego and lived in Southern California for a long time, and Vegas was always, well, in San Diego, we'd call them a bunch of L.A. wannabes, to be honest. They were a bunch of L.A. wannabes. So I assume you still have a Kings fan base there. There's certainly transplants there. So is it like a 70-30 crowd when you go to Vegas, or is it is it all Golden oh. Knights and you don't hear Kings fans? Oh, no. I mean, it, it's amazing. You're right. We played there, you know, preseason games for about 15 years straight, and we get our fans to come down. We had a huge base. None of them are Kings fans, I think. They're all Vegas Golden Knights fans. It's amazing. They have a great crowd. They support them. They follow them. There will probably be quite a few of them tomorrow. It's, uh, they've done an amazing job at, at making sure they, they have their following with them. And it's been fun. It's kind of funny. We, we gain a lot more hockey fans, probably lost a few Kings fans for us, but I think it's good for our game. Yeah, up here, too, and getting exposure to NHL right here in our city so the fans don't have to travel out of state. They can get it right here by coming into downtown. This is the third time that the Kings have been playing here since uh, 2018. Is this something mm-hmm. that you're looking to continue? Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking with the folks at Vivint Arena with the the Jazz. So they've been they've been tremendous partners. We're really happy, and uh, we know we're coming back for the next couple of years. But we'd love to keep that going. It's just been a lot of fun, and 
I think the game with Vegas makes it a lot of fun too. The both teams are pretty close, so it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing tomorrow tomorrow night's crowd. So obviously, there's an expansion team in Seattle. Uh, there have also been teams moving. So, what do you think is the future for the NHL? Is there more expansion coming? How do you, how do you think this is going to play out? Or you need to keep those markets open in case another team needs to move? Uh, I, I I'm not seeing uh, like another expansion in the in the near future in our league. There could be a couple teams that moves. You never know. You know, we we haven't had uh, too many people moving. I mean. Uh, the Islanders moved just arena, but not uh, in, a, in a city. But that was it. And uh, I don't foresee a lot happening as far as movement of our franchise in the next few years. Oh, so we, th- we, we're starting to get a lot more stability. Yeah. You think Phoenix is is settled? Uh, no, the, that's the one uh, I was going to say. The, that's the one that's been not sure. But we keep hearing that they're getting closer and closer to get an arena. Right. In uh, either Scottsdale or Tempe, in that area, so yeah. we we keep hearing like we were just there the other day, and they're talking about uh, there should be an announcement soon, and I don't know when that's going to be though. Luke Robitaille joining us, the LA Kings team president, and the Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights have an exhibition game at Vivint Thursday night. If you want to go see some NHL preseason hockey, I'm curious. Uh, obviously, you know because you're in the Hebrew Valley and you know how big a deal the Jazz are here and what the Olympics have done for basketball. There's been some back and forth, and now it looks like the NHL players are in the next Olympics. How does that hurt the NHL season stop in midseason? How does it help it? What is the, as, a, as an ex-player and now the team president, what is the give and take from the business side and the hockey side over something like that? Well, funny enough, from the business side, you, you never really like to stop the season, especially if you have momentum. Um, but but you can adjust to it. Like I mean, it, it depends how your team's doing. The one thing you hope is you you won't get your star to go there and get hurt because that that could re- really flip your season. But uh, from a hockey side, it's been good. It's been good for us to go in, in the Olympics. I don't know how the time change is going to make the, the the availability of the games this year. But on this deal, our players really wanted to go. It's 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 always been clear that. Uh, when we uh, signed a new collective bargaining agreement that the players, they wanted that option to go to the Olympics. And they were the ones that wanted to go. So if they really want to go, well, we're fine with that. You know, it should, it should be a fun tournament. That means the guys are going to take it real seriously. So I'm down in Vegas a lot for, for personal reasons. And the amount of uh, popularity that the... Kind of, wait a minute. What kind of personal reasons? Nothing reason? to do with gambling. <laughs> no, no, nothing. More family. Okay. More family issues. <laughs> uh, or circumstances. Not issues, but circumstances. <laughs> okay. uh, so it's all clean. It's all above board. I promise you. Okay, uh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> and so with that in mind, I mean, I have seen the popularity of the Knights just explode. And it's really incredible. It's been a smashing success. And, of course, they've had a lot of success on the ice very quickly. And you've already alluded to it And for an expansion team and all that. What do you think has been some of the reasons for them to be able to hit the ground running to find success as far as a competitive team? Well, it's, uh, you know, the the competitiveness of it, like, first of all, their GM at the time, George McPhee and now Kelly McCrimmon, 
They've done a tremendous job. They were very strategic, like our expansion draft changed. So that you were for sure they were going to get a good player from each team. So they took full advantage of it. Some teams wanted to keep some players, so they made trade. They gave extra picks and so, so forth. So they got a lot of assets to start with, and they made sure they took full advantage of it. And then the other thing regarding the city itself is when they started, if you remember, there, I think it was like a week and a half before their opener, there was the unfortunate event, the shooting there yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. And it was horrible. So no, we didn't know if the season was going to start at the time and so forth. The one thing about hockey players is they, they do a lot off the ice. They give a lot. Guys, like the hockey players are known to be good guys and so forth. So no one knew any of those players, but everybody, they, they threw a jersey on all of them, and they visited everyone in each hospital in the city. And I think that had a huge impact. It gave, whether you could call it hope or they got to talk with some of the people that were, you know, in, in, in tough condition. They got to talk to the, uh, the first responders and so forth. And then right away it seemed to have an impact that people understood in Vegas that when you have a team, they can make a difference. They started raising money for people and so forth. And they, I don't know if you guys saw the opening night, but they had like a, all first responders yeah. coming on the ice with right. each player when they when they announced them, and it, it just had this impact. And then to make matters even better for them, I think they won four, out of forty-one games at home. They won thirty-two that year, some some crazy number like that. And it was absolutely amazing. You know, they they just seemed like they couldn't lose. They had that momentum, and they just right away catapulted the, the whole franchise. It was amazing. Luke Robitaille joining us, uh, L.A. Kings team president. How, uh, quote-unquote, back to normal is the NHL going to be? Obviously, with the pandemic, everything was scrambled. Canadian teams playing each other, didn't have the traditional uh, divisions, and well, we could go on and on with all the differences. How, how close to normal is the NHL season going to be? Hey, well, the season will be there, but it's not, you know, nor- our normal now is different. You know, we got to wear masks and people... You check vaccination, you check tests, and so forth. It's not quite what it used to be, but we're starting to get closer to normal where fans are going to be accepted. I think 30 of our, out of 32 buildings will have 100% fans in our league. So at least that's going to happen. So from that standpoint, our players are looking forward to having fans in the stands and some noise because last year it was, it was really weird. Well, Luke, we appreciate you bringing a little hockey, a little event back to town and uh, hopping on the air with us for a few minutes to talk about it. And uh, hopefully we'll run into you on a golf course somewhere. Yeah, uh, hopefully I'll run into you there, okay? <laughs> okay. Hopefully you guys, we'll see some people tomorrow night. Thank you. All right, thank you, Luke. Luke Robitaille, L.A. Kings team president, the Vegas Golden Knights and the L.A. Kings, which I think are the two teams you'd really want to be here, right? Uh, maybe Denver, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting that you claim it's a Broncos town, but not a Rockies or an Avalanche. I, I don't know, but certainly Vegas, yeah, because every one of us has been to Vegas a million times over. There's just and so many Southern Californians here. And then you got that, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why, that's why I defaulted to the Kings. Yeah, I know, but it's why wouldn't you default to the Avs or the, to the Rams? I guess maybe they didn't Because they weren't there. Team, but they are now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're doing very, very well. Uh, so um, Vegas has just exploded with you can't go anywhere. Without seeing billboards. Yeah. Neon signs, jerseys. Years ago, I was at an outdoor concert 
and it was in a hotel. It was just out like in the, in a the courtyard. They put up a stage, mm-hmm. and so you know how they have those like open bars by the pools. Mm-hmm. Well, the concert's over. And everybody turned around and went rushing to the television. <laughs> yes, yes. Where's the game? What's so going on? So nobody left. The show was over. They but played. everybody went to the big TV. They ju- yeah, they just turned around. It wasn't they weren't big. They were <laughs> just you know on the wall behind the bars. And so everybody, I mean thousands of people. It was funny to see. So it was a big line to get in, and it was no line to get out. It was no. Everyone stopped. A, a city that craved yeah. big time sports for a long time. The whole Vegas, LA wannabe thing, and UNLV basketball gave them a taste of that. But they got the NHL, and then they got the NA, NA, NFL. How much more bandwidth do they have if baseball or basketball shows up? Maybe they do. They well, certainly they have do. the tourist element. So the town, I think, plays bigger than just you know looking at a population number. Because there are people coming through, and they're there for entertainment. Hey, let's see a show. Let's see a concert. Let's see a game. Yeah, I think it's overstated for the Raiders, though. Because you're, you're talking eight games. And it's going to be mostly on Sunday afternoon when people are traveling to go home. Yeah, but, but Raider fans, hardcore, and will travel from Oakland or L.A. or Salt Lake. 5,000? Plus, they've got... Plus the, how many? The town craves the NFL. 5,000? Uh, I don't know. It'd be an interesting number. I probably would have guessed 10. It's probably the number I would have defaulted to. And that's a round number. Is it 8? Is it 12? I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, but you, you and I both lived in Southern California, and you know what the freeway's like going back to L.A. And there's a lot of Raider fans in L.A. They're going to show up for that Charger game, Monday Night Football. Oh, I that's think there's like a, a big but game. I think you can say in Denver, there's a lot of uh, Bronco fans in Wyoming, in New Mexico, in mm-hmm. Nebraska. I don't think that's anything unique. I have uh, extended family who have, have Eagles season tickets and Ravens season tickets. Not that far you either apart. Either go north or, or you go, go south. south. Yeah. So I'm not sure that that's that unusual because you're able to do it because you only got to do it. Eight times a year. Right. And the way the secondary market has taken off, you don't even have to do that. I mean, you could cherry pick the games that are convenient and or interesting to you. Hey, this is a big game. The state works for us. And the other ones, you can sell them in our I think the other sports, basketball and baseball, and even hockey, you can get the folks who are more into the tourists. I just don't know how many tourists you're going to get on a Sunday. Because if you go to the Vegas airport on a Sunday... I stopped for work. You know, I had to be down there for so much for travel when you I was didn't doing... try to fly out on a no, Sunday. No, I just drove. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got to get there two and a half, three hours early. Mine. By that time... Just drive, have your own car, beaver. have your own stuff. <laughs> you're driving by the Beaver Temple. Well, you have to get off the freeway there like I did that time. And, you know, stayed there that night when the snow was coming down real nasty. And that was a basketball, I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was Conference a tournament. Right, yeah. It was leaving. It was in March. And What are they at now? Are they at five conference tournaments in Vegas now? I think they should move general conference to Vegas. <laughs> Yuck's giving you a thumbs up. Guys need something to do in between the I sessions. I was going to say, come on. You know what I mean? Entertainment capital of the world, I guess they call it, right? Yeah. Hit a show, come back, spiritually uplifted. 
find the show with a 12-15 tip time hey, for this show. It's Vegas! It Vegas would set it, it up don't for sleep. you, too. You know Vegas would. Vegas is open to whatever. Yeah. Right, how does this work? What do we need to do to make this work? I think we got to fill hotel rooms. Oh, all wait basketball. Wait a minute. It's all virtual. All church conferences. Yeah. No, but I think your good idea machine finally, uh, finally uh, threw a rod there. You just, you just uh, spewing smoke. Did he out. say this is the place forever? <laughs> he just said this is the place. This is the place. Right? There's a time and season uh, for everything. I do recall driving uh, during the start of the pandemic, having to be down there for family, as I said, and the one club that you would go to, I have never been inside. I think it was Cheetah's, and they have a marquee on the side of the freeway there on the uh, east uh, side of the freeway. And, you know, it's one of those things where they don't, you know, what do you, what do you call them? Strip clubs, I think, I guess. They don't mask up? Yeah. Well, it had a sign that said, sorry, we're fully clothed. Hey-o. There you go. Which I thought was funny. Hey-o. Wordplay. (laughs) (laughs) From those nights, what's that position called when you're on the working night side at the, the slot? At the old newspaper, yeah. you have to you have to come up with the the puns for the headlines. So you're always like, oh, "That's a good one." Yeah, I thought that was that was funny. We're fully clothed. See the it was like a, a the old headline right take off of clothes. Yeah, we got, we got it, we because got they it. don't wear clothes. We, we, got, we got it. They Thanks. jitterbug to no clothes. Newspaper. I never understood that concept, but they tell me that's what they do. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. A lot going on this morning, and we will get you up to speed. Spend this commercial break asking yourself. Who announced they are not going to hit the panic button? That would lead to discussion. Who should hit the panic button? We'll do that next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. From BYU, he's our good friend Mason Wake. What's your take on Utah State's arrival in state? Is there a little more juice to the game, or is it just the same old, same old? It's not viewed like as Utah or like a Boise State, but I mean, they're still one of our rivals. But you got to treat every game, not like it's a rival, but like it's a serious game. What do you expect? I think they play hard, especially a night game against BYU in front of their fans. Two years ago, when I first played them, they had some NFL alum there just trying to hype everyone up, but we took care of business. But we don't take any game for granted. Anyone can beat anyone. They're going to be ready, and their fans are going to be amped. But I expect us to take care of business. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. We're not going to push the panic button. What do I mean by the panic button? You know, we're not going to dramatically change who and what we are at this juncture. Um, we're not resistant to change for the purposes of getting better. But we're not going to be so unsteady that we move away from our compass. Mike Tomlin, longtime Steelers coach. They are off to a one and two start. Not pushing the panic button. Who should push the panic button, PK? Nobody. Nobody should push the panic button. No. Because panic doesn't do you any good. A change will do you good. A change. But panic, now the thing about the Steelers and your boy, your hero, the herd, was talking about this yesterday as I was driving home. Fortunately, he wasn't talking about no state taxes in California. Uh, but he was saying that the problem with the Steelers is they have no succession plan for Big Ben. And I asked Lincoln Kennedy, who we'll have on tomorrow, about this because the Raiders played the Steelers last week if he thought Big Ben was done. And he thought he was done 
a little bit ago. Although last year they did start what eleven and zero. They were eleven and zero. Huh? So you know what's the plan? He's talking about how the Packers. You know they do have Jordan Love. Uh, it's a tough situation when you get there. Because obviously Roethlisberger has been very good for a long time, but eventually it's going to wear out. And we've seen the Broncos run through quarterbacks. I couldn't even name them all. Uh, obviously Manning was done when he was done. And and then it was a mess. There's very few Montana to Youngs and Favs to Rodgers on that way. The, the I don't want to say the Packers got lucky. I mean, the... the Young, it was set up. It was just a matter of when. You knew it was coming, right? And you pretty much knew that he was going. Young was going to be good too, and he was. He was a Hall of Famer and MVP. Well, that's what you that didn't stuff. know. You didn't know if he'd be very good or great. Uh, he was going to be good. See, you I, didn't think know he, I think he showed enough, though. You, you thought he was going to be an MVP and a Hall of Famer. It was it possible. No, I, to, it was possible. I thought but it was, it was more probable than possible. Oh, really? I thought he showed enough because he had played enough. And his skill level was obvious to see. And he waited, waited, waited uh, for his time. And his career, when he got to be – and the organization was so good around him. It's not like Zach Wilson, who's Ooh. stuck in something Ooh. that you wonder, you know, how long is it going to take for them to get well, good. Well, especially when you see Sam Darnold leave and essentially be good the next day. Yeah, and I believe like, in Sam Darnold's talent, right. but that's biased there. But, it's, but it goes to, well, who are the players around him? Who's the coach? And, now, the, and coach the Niners had all that. Right, the Niners did. The Niners had all so that So you thought it was, I didn't think they were going to be any less competitive. But the, but the point is, there's so few of those. Yeah. How are the Steelers supposed to get one? I mean, when it's I try hard. to think of a third one, maybe Danny White after Roger Staubach? Decent. Right, but I'm trying to think of a better one than that. And you might be able to find some parallels. But it, it's hard when you have a Hall of Famer, and Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer in my mind. I think probably in yours too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't have it. And then I think the other thing is that the team's breaking down around them. Like Manning was clearly slipping, but they had a strong running game. They had a strong O-line. They had a good defense, so they could take some slippage at quarterback. Pittsburgh, I think it's all been on Roethlisberger. Hey, Ben, be awesome. And if he's anything less than awesome, they're in trouble. Yeah, but and he's clearly sort of like a, 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 a New England light. They reload. Right. They get guys that aren't necessarily big-time players, but they get them in a system, and they're successful. Right. But with Brady gone... And here we are. New England's taking a hit. Yeah, but it took a long time. And it's taken a long time for the Steelers. So, for me, if I'm ownership... I get with Tomlin and get with my guys and say, all right, how do we go about rebuilding this? Mike, do you want to still be coach? Yes. Then you're the coach because you've been very good for a long right. time. That doesn't need to change. And That's, so don't – because I think part of panic is firing coaches. Absolutely. We see it all the time. And it's just like, well, you're not only running in place, you're running backward. But it goes to what Luke Robitaille was talking about. In a cap league, you have your guys and you do take a little bit of a hit. And you do have to rebuild. And I'm okay with that. I'm sure a Steelers fan wants to win. But as someone, I follow the Steelers because I follow all the teams. If they slip for a little bit, I'm okay with it. Because they have been so good for so long. And they've got the ultimate prize multiple times. Hard. It's very hard to do. And so now we'll see. Because this is a league that it, it almost is built into a degree. Yes, 
And they've only had their last losing season was 2003. They've had some eight and eight. That's a long time That's ago. That's a man. long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And good for them. But rebuild the O line. Yeah. And we're seeing it a little bit. You know, Seattle was on top of the world and That's, then they slipped. They haven't slipped that far, but right, they've but slipped. I, they've and, slipped, and Kansas City might be doing the same thing. And I think that goes back to you had a guy who was ready to win really young, and you did. But when he gets to his second contract, salary cap world. You can't pay everybody around him. Kansas City's defense. I don't think you need to pay everybody. Is Kansas City's defense good enough? That's a legit question. With Daniel Sorensen and Zane Anderson? Maybe they can tighten up the act. But is their defense good enough? Tyron Matthew? They're giving up more than 30 points a game right now. They got to tighten up the act. That's too many points. Yeah, some of that's competition. Let's see how it flushes Absolutely. out after 17 Absolutely. games. Absolutely. And some of the teams that are good, it's competition. Absolutely. The Broncos haven't played anybody yet. 3 0 and 3 teams. I mean, they beat them. That's all you can do. Haven't played anybody? Haven't yet played. They still have three wins? Because they've beaten 3 0 and 3 teams. That's a combined 0 and 9. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I think about that. Then and, and I think it does flush out. Everybody has them. Right. In the NFL. I don't worry about scheduling. Because it's going to work out. You're going to have yeah. big games. Well, and they're playing the Ravens this week. The so pro sports, that's a good game. scheduling to me is ridiculous. A couple years back, with the Jazz, the hardest. Everybody plays the same teams. What the, what the crap are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, we and I realize More sometimes they play. But so what? Yeah. And when do you catch teams? Do you catch them when they're healthy or when they're not? When yeah, guys our guys, and we got injuries, but everybody else we played was 100% healthy. Yep, all the time. I don't hear it. And when you're in the playoffs, none of that matters anyway. Get her done. Yeah. That's why this, this team bonding thing, I'm fascinated why the Jazz felt the need to do it. Because if you really wanted team bonding, you would have gone to Albuquerque. There's nothing else to yeah. do. Yeah. It's like, Albuquerque. Oh, I see. He's going the other way. Yeah. Because it's like Vegas. Right. You can go. You there's have football. Practice. There's hockey. There's casinos. There's golf courses. There's shows. Yeah. You can go a hundred different directions. Hmm. The mountains are lovely. Off in the distance, Taos. Yeah. Not here. Our mountains are right here. Yeah. They're right in your, you know, that's what's the beauty of it. They're right in your face. And you can and appreciate them uh, close by. Ten minutes, you're, you're somewhere remote, practically. It's beautiful. Uh, so, I'm fascinated by this team-building concept that they're doing in Vegas and why they felt the need to do it. What what was it? They'll tell us, but will they really tell us? Was there a business component to it? Are they taking, well, taking big-time sponsors down there? Is that part of it? Um, I think they would have preferred to go to Albuquerque. <laughs> if they wanted to go to Albuquerque, they would have gone to Albuquerque. If they wanted to go to Tucson, they would have gone to Tucson. They went to Vegas because they wanted to go to Vegas. And how much of it is everybody's doing it, you got to go somewhere. I didn't realize three teams had gone oh. to San Diego, but Locke told us that. I did read about Houston going to the Bahamas. And I you wish brought you hadn't up Magic to the, and the Lakers to Hawaii. That was years ago. Sure. Brooklyn's going to San Diego. They're going cross-country. They should have gone to Jersey. <laughs> gone down the shore. Just yeah, the shore. exactly. Yeah, it still can be warm enough this time of year. We're running out of days, but we're still there. Uh, but I'm interested to see you know, what this does, why do it, what does it mean in May? Because if you don't get any benefits in May, then who cares? 
the people who got to go to Vegas and had fun for three days. Yeah, but they can. They, these guys got. They so had much all money. summer to go I mean, wherever. They can, they can and go if you follow them on Instagram, they do go they wherever. They go around the world a thousand times over. Just follow them on Instagram, and they'll tell yeah. you. Yep. I mean, they travel so much that I think home would be a cool place to be. When you're gone, as much as they're gone, and so many of them, they're gone. Even when they're home. Right. Because this really isn't home. No, they have multiple homes. But you're spending four or five months in one place at the most in a year. Depending on how long your offseason is, how long you're in the playoffs, if there's international competition you're a part of, maybe you get to be quote-unquote home for four months. And in the NBA season, your second home, wherever you play, maybe you get to be there four months because you're on the road so much. And the the flip side, not that I'm bleeding for them by any stretch, because by the time you're 35, 40, you can be home 24-7. Because you got you the got money. money, and you don't have to <laughs> nine to five in the <laughs> right. words, and, and right. that was a long time ago. But <laughs> right. that was a uh, a Brian Russell line, right? So you can be home. I can't as nine much to five you it. You can. Well, you, you he don't had to make to. his career and make it, and he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they can if you if you manage your money wisely, there's no need for you to uh, have to worry about that stuff because you're especially now. I mean, look at the money that Mitchell's going to make. Look at the money he's already made, but now it's like whoa. I mean, it, his his money is just gonna his annual salary is just gonna be staggering. Yeah, this year because this is the year it kicks in. Right, all the guys getting off their rookie contracts, getting into their if they're good enough, if they're good enough. Right, and he's obviously that's good where enough. you start hitting your twenties, your thirties, your and now even some guys are getting to forty million, not on their second and contract. He, but what is he, did he just, he just turned twenty five the other day? He did. Yeah, yeah. Wow, man. Jackpot. I <laughs> <laughs> wonder why that family's always in a good mood. <laughs> 20, 28 million for Donovan, 35 for Rudy. Yeah, Rudy's been making it for a little bit now because he's a little older. But there are now six guys making more than 12 million a year on the Jazz. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the amount of money that uh, Ryan Smith is investing, and Jay Z brought that up during his uh, opening press conference on Monday. It's there. It's real. I'm looking at the number right now. $155 million in salaries. And that I read somewhere that equates to like $38, $39 million in, in uh, salary cap. What are they? Payments? Penalties? What would you... What's the Luxury word? Tax Luxury penalties. tax penalties, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hesitate to use the word penalty. It's just to... Because if you win it all, what pen? It's not a penalty, you <laughs> yeah, know, know what I mean? But I think that's the I think that's the lingo. I would say payment. Yeah. It's what you owe for getting the guys you get. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. Are that good and get paid and because the win the return on the investment is yeah, especially if you win it all this year. I mean, it's in, in, incalculable, and over the long term, you know, he's going to make money on the team. I don't think he bought it as a financial investment. Maybe he did. I don't know. Uh, so far out of my league to even compensate to even contemplate, uh, but he's he's putting up the bucks. You, you got to say that man, he is putting up the money for this team. All the stuff we've talked about to get you up to speed. The long rumored BYU Notre Dame game will be played October eighth, twenty twenty two. Put that right in the middle of the schedule next year. That's awesome. Tom had held one game open there. And they're not in conference play. He's going to have to start shedding games the year after. Well, well I would move every game to play Notre Dame and to play them there. And to me, that's plenty good enough. 
because it's super close. Everyone can get down there who wants to be. Uh, you know, it's not a, completely as good as Provo, but it's the next best thing. I assume there's a big payday for the school there, too. Financial to be a boost for the athletic department. Typically, when you go to those neutral site games, they're right in checks. Well, whatever the the contract called for. Uh, new stadiums have tons of luxury suites. There's tons of money to be made. And BYU and Notre Dame will pack the place. It'll be an awesome environment. No, I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame fans have already booked hotels in Vegas. Committed. Literally, yes. Literally already because the thing was announced yesterday. We've known about it for weeks because the Review Journal had it when we were down there uh, talking to Mark Anderson. We've had him on a show, and he was telling me about it. He said, yeah, he's got to confirm. So we've known about that, but we didn't know the specific date. And now that we know the date... I promise you, Notre Dame fans have already booked hotels because I've heard about it. And, of course, BYU fans, they'll show up day of game and leave and go back to St. George that night. (laughs) Bingo. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a big windfall for Mesquite and St. George. And there are literally Notre Dame fans everywhere. So it's not like they're all coming from Indiana or the Chicago area. They are coming from Chicago, but they're coming from Phoenix. They're coming from L.A. They're coming from uh, Dallas. Atlanta, you yeah, name it. Right, exactly. Wherever. 17 in a row for the Cardinals. This is shocking. Tip of the cap there. Who does that? Yeah. And to do it in September, to come roaring back and take the last National League wild card. Yeah, so I'm watching the uh, Dodger-Padre game last night on ESPN, and they're discussing should the Cardinals lose in these next few games. Now, they've clinched, and they're not going anywhere. I don't think they're going to catch the Dodgers or the Giants. I don't think there's enough games. No, they're, they're, so they're, they're locked like into that 13 spot. 13 games back with five to go. The Dodgers have 101 wins, and the Cardinals have 88. Right. So, and, and, but, they're the five but, but seed. I didn't mean ca- – I meant oh. they're not going to fall out of because they've clinched. Right. They also so can't be. They yeah, can't be caught. No, they cannot be. Caught. What I was getting, I didn't explain well. But the so, Reds and so the, the Padres are So basically, these games, the rest of the week, are tune-ups. So get your rotation so, in order, which they will. But what do you do about the position guys? Uh, there probably depends on the guy and how they're feeling. But I would assume. But everyone's feeling great. I would assume. <laughs> we won seventeen well, in a row in nag- September. But guys might have nagging injuries that we don't know about. Okay. I meant more guys may want to spiritually feeling great when you're winning 17 oh, in a row in September. The vibe in their locker room must yeah. be spectacular. It's like we're when we're you're winning imp- under capable of losing. When you're winning under pressure, yeah. And they knew to get in. Hey, we got to be hot. There's multiple teams here. We can't back into no, this. They beat up, and they had some good teams. And they had ground to make up when the streak started. So I wonder if they lose today. Even if they don't rest everybody, I wonder if they'll lose just because the pressure's off and they've done it. And you just lose some of the edge. It doesn't matter the same way yeah, it did. Yeah, I don't really know what that means, lose the edge, because it's never been me. <laughs> so I, I can't relate to that. you going to let the little people discuss that? I, I, yeah, so if you, yeah, you guys can handle losing your All edge. you people have lost your edge and been mediocre. My edge grows, actually. <laughs> it expands. They're playing the Brewers, who are a good team in their own right. So oh, maybe definitely. the Brewers will just win just because. I mean, that's the thing about a 17-game streak. You can be good, but you still lose a game because another team hits three homers or starter comes out and it just lights out. Yeah. 
So we wait for the AL wild card now for them to battle that out. The Yankees look like they're in. They beat the Blue Jays 7-2. They haven't clinched yet, but they're in a good spot. But the Red Sox lost, and the Mariners won. So Seattle, who's got the... Yak, you follow the Mariners. Longest uh, without a playoff appearance, right? Yep. The yeah. Bills got in, so the Mariners took that No offense baton. to the Mariners, but I would much rather see a Yankee Red Sox. <laughs> and I get your sentiment on that, but I'm, you know me, I'm a Mariners guy. So I mean, I got East Coast roots. Yeah, that's your I-95 bias showing through. Right I there. remember where I was when Bucky Dan hit the home run. <laughs> I do, yeah. Where were you? Flagstaff, Arizona. There it is. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Your feedback coming up next. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The head coach at BYU, Kalani Sataki. I got to tell you, Coach, if I would have had these built bars when we were at BYU, I would have got better grades. You know, Hans, whenever I hear the word hangry, I think the definition of it should be your picture. Because when you were in college and you were hungry, you were probably the worst guy to hang out with. And we just knew that to throw you something to eat and you would be in a better mood. Imagine if you would have just had all these protein bars available to you. You would never have a day of being angry at all. You had a great grades and you would have had a great experience overall because we know one thing. When Hanson's hungry, watch out. Everybody tread lightly. I'm hungry! Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. As a BYU fan deciding between what's worse, Utah or Utah State, having experienced it, it's Utah. But I will say there's 5% of knuckleheads of every fan base. I've seen BYU fans bring it on themselves. So there you go. DJ PK, the John Watson Chevrolet High School Player of the Week Award, is presented weekly to the top prep football players in Northern Utah. This week's winners are Nick Despain and Gavin Turner from Morgan High School. Despain threw for 179 yards and six touchdowns to go with 105 yards rushing and another TD and a 69-0 drubbing of Ben Lohman. Turner, five receptions, 118 yards, and caught four of the touchdown passes Despain threw. See why new and used car buyers give John Watson Chevrolet more five-star reviews than any other Chevy dealer in Utah. John Watson Chevrolet, your five-star Chevy dealer. All right, you heard the uh, the open mic there. Grab your phone, use the app, use the open mic. Y'all can play it here on the air. Bringing pain on themselves. Cougar on cougar crime. <laughs> that was something we hadn't heard this morning. That's a new one. But you've talked about this in concerts, and I don't think the game's in concerts. Is You're playing the lottery when you go. You never know who you're going to be around who's fun or who you're going to be around that wrecks the experience. Oh, people can totally just shatter it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it's yeah. it's uh, you're just it's the lottery. Now it, some places you go, the odds are better than others. And it sucks when people around you ruin it. And we've seen so many of these with these videos now fights. I saw the Chiefs. They both had Chiefs jerseys on, and the guy's pummeling the dude. He's on his back, <laughs> leaning over the chairs till he was unconscious. Brutal. That person should be arrested. Stop with the friggin' fighting at a sporting event. What is going on here? And it's all the time. Sit there and enjoy the event and go home. It's a friggin' game. And so a big part of the fan base just wants to watch games at home where there's no charge for parking, you got the TV, and you can go to your own fridge, and there's no line at the bathroom. And sports teams have to figure out how to combat that. Well, it's an interesting dilemma here because so much of it is alcohol-induced, and I don't know that it's on the, the 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 thing about it here with the with the booze and getting drunk and then doing these things is just 
out of control. Pile more security. I don't know what the answer is. I don't got answers to anything. But even at concerts, man, I told you years ago, I, I got kicked in the face at a Billy Joel show. Kicked right, kicked right in the jaw. I didn't really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the go-to plan when you rolled into the building. Right, because the fight You don't usually think of Billy Joel me. as being the, uh, the rowdiest crowd. No. I mean, <laughs> he complains Catholic girls start much too late, and sooner or later it comes down to fate. I might as well be the one. You know? I understand that. But yeah, come on. Got a lot of feedback here. Can visiting uh, fans, BYU fans, expect better treatment from Utah or Utah State? Uh, I've been a BYU fan all my life in the Cash Valley. The only thing I don't understand is the hate for BYU. And Chad said, well, if you could put yourself in an Aggie fan's shoes, you'd see the constant mocking, teasing, and talking down to from BYU fans. So That's a lot typical of BYU fans. And Dale adds, can only take so much too stupid to get into BYU, or the assumption you must not be a good member if you don't want to go to BYU so many times before you're nauseated, what? and you want to see them oh. get beat down whenever possible. Yeah, man, that, that, I disagree with that, because if you are a good member, you want Want to go to BYU? Sign Cash Valley, born and raised. Isn't that obvious? That's the kind of posturing you should say for earlier in the show, <laughs> not literally the last 20 seconds. See, I'm a bad member. I've never wanted to go to BYU. Coming up next, <laughs> a guy who went to BYU and a guy who didn't. Perhaps. Oh, they're both they bad dudes li- themselves. Perhaps they can light each other up. <laughs> okay. Which one of them stabbed a brother with a pitchfork? How does that story go? I need that promo. I don't know, those Idaho guys. Scotty's brother. Scotty threw a pitchfork and got him right below the And they're both from Idaho. I mean, that just doubles down on I don't trust you. Scotty and the answer next. We'll see you.